my message today is on quickening the dead. How about that? Should we, should we, we understand about quickening the dead, amen? We know that we carry the same spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, and that which he says to do, we will do, and we will not shrink back. So we have been given the authority and the power of attorney to use his name. We have been given the authority, we have been given the ability to use the name of Jesus, the power of attorney. That's what we have as believers in the Lord. That is why we do not allow any sickness, any form of, of us, any assignment that would come against us or our children, our church, or anyone that comes in our lives. We don't allow that thing to remain unprayed for. We understand that we have the power of attorney. Say, I have the power of attorney. I have the power of the strength, which is using the name of Jesus. It is in the name of Jesus. It is his name that is the highest name. It is his name that is the highest authority. And it is his name that will never be undone. Right? So we have the power of, a, of attorney. It is a tremendous spiritual power that we carry in this beautiful name. This tremendous spiritual power is our power of attorney, and it's because of the name above all names. Hallelujah. Philippians 2. Turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2 and verse 9, starting in verse 9. The word of the Lord says, therefore, God is also, it says, highly exalted him. Hallelujah. Thank you for highly exalting Jesus and giving him the name which is above every name. That name is above cancer. That name is above stubbornness. That name is above rebellion. That name is above disease and sickness and depression. That name is above poverty and lack. That name is above every single name. And we have been given authority, power of attorney to use that name. That is above everything. So God has also highly exalted Jesus and given him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every knee. And it's not just one day when we go to heaven and that at that point in time, every knee shall bow. Every knee shall bow now as we exercise our rightful authority in that name. Right? We're going to quicken the dead. Right? Amen? We're quickening the dead. That which is dead is coming back to life. That which has been stolen from, that which has been taken from, that which has literally been uh, just that thievery, that theft, we just say, uh-uh, no more in Jesus' name. That can be in the form of sickness. That can be in the form of your family structure. That can be in the form of anything, anything. We know that the, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus said, but I have come. He said, but I have come to give you life and to give you life more abundantly in John 10, 10, right? And so we know that he says, I have come. Say, he has come to give me life and to give me that life more abundantly. So I have the fullness of Christ living on the inside of me. John 10, 10 says so. So I'm standing in authority, hanging on to that word, right? So back again, Philippians 2, 9, it says, God has exalted him, Jesus. And it says, and he's given him the name above every name, that at that name, every knee shall bow. Every, be, every knee shall bow to those in heaven, those on earth, and those under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of God the Father, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And this is to the glory of God. God gets the glory when we say every tongue. I confess the name of Jesus right now. I decree that name. God gets the glory when we confess that name. 
Did you, do you all read the same thing? Jesus Christ, the name above every name, the name above every circumstance, right? Jesus Christ. And this name, he inherited it by being the only begotten son of the father. That's how he inherited this name, the only son of the father, begotten son of God, firstborn, just like our firstborns would inherit legal rights in a family, right, inheritance. But the same is true for the model that God has set for us in the name of Jesus. And he did, he did this by spoiling principalities and powers. He spoiled them. He ruined them. He destroyed them. He annihilated them. He destroyed, completely wiped them out, right? The adversary. And how? By triumphing over them. That's in Colossians 2.15. Your next scripture is in Colossians 2.15. And this is how it reads. Having spoiled principalities and powers. Oh, they try to raise their ugly faces like they're something else. Like they're so powerful. Right? You ever come across an, a power or principality and you knew that you knew. Well, this is pretty difficult, but then you rose up within you in the Christ and you rose up and you said, oh, but God, but God, that spirit is going down because you remembered that Jesus has already spoiled, destroyed, annihilated every power and principality. He made a public spectacle of them when he triumphed at the cross publicly shamed the devil that's what that means just publicly shamed the devil he is our lord he is the all-powerful god we serve the all-powerful god he's already destroyed every power and principality he is elohim he is the all-powerful creator elohim the all-powerful creator church of god and so when you speak out, I want you to say it with me right now. He is Elohim, the all-powerful creator, Elohim. We decree that name. I want you to decree that name over your family right now. I decree the name of Elohim. I decree he's the all-powerful creator. We decree that name. And we already read that every tongue is going to confess that Jesus is Lord. Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue and every knee. And as we come into agreement and we use that power of attorney, we know that it is done. It is finished. Jesus said it is is finished his blood was enough we worship jesus we honor him we speak forth his name it is finished he is el elion the most high god whenever we speak el elion you are decreeing over your situation the most high god has already taken control of this and has already conquered this he is the conquering king he's the conquering king who do we worship we worship the conquering king who do we exalt who do we honor we are honoring we are worshiping the conquering king he's already conquered and he continues to show us what is rightfully ours we just grab it we just walk in grab a hold of it we just walk in and grab a hold of it we're not going to let it sit there unattended and untaken no 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 we know what is rightfully ours and i don't care how bad it you know anytime you pursue the lord anytime you pursue the lord let's just say you've got some big event happening right well the enemy always tries to bring up some things he's always trying to turn up the fires right but we decree that the fire in me and us is greater than the fires all around us so it doesn't really matter you can go ahead and light your little puny fires because we're just gonna put them out we're just putting them out don't be afraid and intimidated of the fires around you Woo! hallelujah He's the all-powerful God. He's all-powerful. 
all powerful. Missing no power, void of no power. <laughs> Nothing but power. <laughs> Hebrews 1 3. Hebrews 1 3. We are talking about quickening the dead, aren't we? Yeah. Are we quickening some spiritually dead in the room right now? gonna shout myself I think I'm just gonna shout I'm just gonna do a Holy Ghost jig anything in me God anything in me Lord anything in us God any place of dormancy any place where we're asleep any place where we're lacking we give it all to you quicken the dead quicken the spiritually dead places quicken us oh God we want to live for you Jesus completely on fire Hallelujah. <laughs> Hebrews 1.3. Hallelujah. Hebrews 1.3. It says, who being in the brightness of his glory and the expressed image of his person and upholding all things by the word of power. Stopping right there. By the word of power. He is upholding all things by this powerful word right here. Every time we lift up this name, every time we lift up this word, every time we go into their rooms, every time we lay on their beds, every time we speak into their pillows, every time we touch their computers, every time, every time, every time, we say, Jesus lives. Therefore you live. Jesus. Spirit of the living God blow Spirit of the living God breathe Spirit of the living God revive And they're revived They're revived Oh they're revived alright mm -hmm. And I think you know me enough to know I'm not kidding I think you know me enough and have heard enough of my testimony to know, my God, she is crazy. She is crazy for Jesus. That is the only crazy I claim. The only crazy is crazy for Jesus. Everything else is under my feet. The power. It's the word of his power. Normally we say the power of his word, and it is true. The power of his word is true, but the word of power, it's the word of power. You're going to quicken the dead by putting the word of power on that situation. You're going to quicken the dead, spiritually dead. You're going to quicken those spiritually dead. Put the word of power on it. The word of power. All of your children will be taught of the Lord and great shall be their peace. The Bible says you're going to walk in and you got to bind. Whatever you bind is already bound in heaven. Whatever you loose is already loosed in heaven. You got to walk in there. I bind this foul spirit. I command it to get out of this room. I loosen the spirit of the living God upon my child, upon this situation. I loosen the spirit of God and every demon spirit is under my feet. The word of power is in us because Christ in us, in me. Christ in us, in me, in you is the hope of glory, right? And so... He was the brightness and is the brightness of his glory, the expressed image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power. And when he had by himself purged our sins, thank you, Jesus, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Hallelujah. And we know that in the story of, of uh, in John 11, John 11, Jesus spoke, Lazarus, come forth. 
He spoke to that which was dead for four days. And he said, Lazarus, come forth, right? And that which was bound hand and foot came forth, came out of the grave, quickening the dead, quickening literally the dead. And But we are called to do the very same thing. The Bible says that greater things shall we do, but we have to be awake, spiritually awake, if we're going to expect to do even greater things. If we're expecting to do the things that he did, we have to do spirit, we have to be spiritually awake and in tune, right? Alive. So there can be no unbelief within us. There cannot be even one iota, not even one little bit, right? The minute you recognize it, say, get out of here in the name of Jesus. The devil always tries, but you just got to kick it out. Kick out that spirit. Bind it and cast it out. Lazarus, come forth. You can turn your word to John 11 in verse 44. It says, and he who had died came out bound, hand and foot, with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Now I want to read this from the beginning. Verse 38. Then Jesus, again, groaning in himself, came to the tomb, and it was a cave, and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, and Jesus said take away the stone. Martha, the sister of, of him who was dead, said to the Lord, Lord, by this time there is a stench. He's been dead for four days. And the Lord said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Then they took the stone away. And, and they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Father, I thank you that you hear the silent cries of our hearts. Father, I thank you that without a word you already hear us. Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I say this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, and he said, Lazarus, come forth. He spoke into utter darkness, into the grave. He spoke to the demonic powers and principalities that were trying to keep this person dead and bound, and he issued a command, and he said, Lazarus, come forth. He quickened the dead, and what happened? But the dead came forth. He came forth. But the story doesn't end there, does it? Because he came forth, but he was still bound. You could be alive, but still bound. You could be a Christian, but still be bound up. That is not the kind of Christian we're going to be, is it? Verse 44, again. He who had died came out. He came, came out, bound hand and foot with the grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with the cloth. And Jesus said to them, he spoke and his disciples needed to do something. He spoke to us. He said, loose him and let him go. Our job is to come into agreement with what Jesus is saying. He rose him from the dead, of which we too have the power of the resurrection living on the inside of us to raise the dead. You shall do what Jesus has done and greater things. But he spoke to his disciples. He spoke to them. And he said, loose him. Let him go. Loose him. Let him go. And I would speak over all of you this day. Loose him and let him go. 
Remove the grave clothes. Unravel every place of complication, every place of trickery, every scheme, every web that is associated. Let them go. Got to let it go. Got to literally loosen the grave clothes. Wow. We know that in Romans 4.17, God says, God who quickens the dead. Well, we just saw how he quickened the dead. God who quickens the dead and calls those things which are not as though they were. Right? And so we know that we call those things that are not as though they are right now in the name of Jesus. Right? It is God who quickens the dead. It is God who has put the same spirit on the inside of you. It is God who has called you to literally quicken that which is dead. You may not know a dead body, but you may know some dead people spiritually. Right, and maybe that might be you in some areas, but today we're just gonna say, Father, even we just prayed about Father, I thank you, Lord God, that any place in our lives that are not fully awakened to you, any place in our lives where there is there, there, there are veils, veils over our eyes, veils over our heart, Lord, let those places right now fall to the ground and bear no fruit. We take authority, we command these walls to fall down, and we decree right now that we are being alive, made quickened by the Spirit of the living God, that Lord God, we're being raised up spiritually. I thank you that the discernment increases in the name of Jesus, that we walk on fire, on fire with the Holy Ghost. Now quicken us right now in the name of Jesus. So Lazarus now was alive, but he was bound. He came out of the grave. Jesus spoke the command, just issue the command. Just issue the command. He issued the command, but notice this. He's standing here alive, but he couldn't free himself. I mean, he didn't free himself. Jesus said, loose him now. Are you listening to the Lord when he tells you, Loosen him. Loosen. Unravel the grave clothes. I've brought him to life. I've brought her to life. Now you loosen him. Loosen her. Don't expect God to do what he's called you to do. Did you hear that? Did you read that part? We all heard that. He was standing there alive, four days dead, standing alive but bound. He wasn't able to do for himself. He needed the body. He needed the church. He, need, he needs us. And I'm referring to people need us to help. We need to be one another's keeper. God's going to use whoever he's going to use. He's going to use whoever's willing. Okay? It's not like God needs me. It's not like God needs you, but he does work through us. He will work through a willing vessel. And so if you're willing, he'll work through you, right? He'll work through whomever is yielded to him. But we need one another. This individual that was standing here still bound but yet alive, we need one another. It says, loosen the clothes off. Loosen those grave clothes. And they did. Loosen those grave clothes. Matthew 18, 18, we just read that scripture. He says, surely I say to you, whatever you bind, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The word says in Isaiah 58, 6, is this not the fast that I have chosen? There's a fast that he has chosen for us. It's not always a fast of denying yourself of food. 
That is a fast, but there's another fast that the Lord also talks about. Isaiah 58, 6, is this not the fast that I've chosen? To loosen the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and to break every yoke? Is this not the fast that I have chosen? Would the church of God arise and realize that we have the power of attorney to use that name and to quicken that which is dead? You are not hopeless and you are not helpless. You're filled with dunamis power. In Luke 13, the woman who was bent over for 18 years with the spirit of infirmity, it was a spirit. That sickness was a spirit. Luke 13, starting in verse 10, says, Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. She was bent over, and in no way could she raise herself. Back to my point, we need one another. In no way could she raise herself. But when Jesus saw her, he, he called her to him and, and he said, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. What is the difference between what Jesus said and what we are called to say? Nothing. There should be no difference. Issue the command. Issue the command. Because you have the power of attorney to quicken the dead. Her life wasn't fully Hers, like she for 18 years is bound by a spirit of affliction, infirmity. The Bible says it was a spirit of infirmity. She could in no way raise herself up. You call that freedom? No, no. But Jesus said, we are to do what he did. We are to quicken the dead. And he said, and he's our example, loosen, right? Woman, thou art loosed from your infirmity. Father, let the boldness of the Holy Spirit fall upon each and every one of them. Let the boldness of Christ fall upon them that they would with boldness open up their mouths and speak forth the truth and the dead, spiritually dead, will be raised to life. Lord, let every place of deadness be raised to life because they stand firm and realize it's our job to do. This is our job to do. Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her. Immediately she was made straight. And she glorified God. He first said, you are loosed of this infirmity before she stood up. He didn't say, I see you standing up straight. You are loosed of your infirmity. That's what people do sometimes. They wait to see, and then they just come in agreement with what they see. That's all right, but God wants to raise you up. He wants to take you deeper in the truth, in faith. It requires faith, it requires a risk, but it requires being confident in what his word already said. If you're confident in what his word already said, then you're going to say you're, you're healed in Jesus' name. Not flippantly, but because you're walking with, in connection with the Holy Spirit, and you're in tune with the Holy Spirit, and under the unction of the Holy Ghost, you will issue that command, and you know that you know it is done. Amen. Then you see it. 
You speak it because you're in connection with the Holy Spirit, right? Not arrogantly, not because you think you're somebody, but because you know you're yielded to him. And you know the truth of God's word. And his word says he promises us healing and wholeness. It's done based on the blood that he shed for us. But we speak it before we see it. And we speak it for one another because we need one another. And after Jesus spoke, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. Then he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight. She glorified God. So we're going to call those things that are not as though they were. We're going to loosen the sinner from his sin. Amen. You're going to loosen the sinner from his sin. You're going to see where the area of sin, you're going to say, I loose you from that area of sin. See, some of you guys are not, some of you still see the bondage because you're praying, Lord, free him. But Jesus said in his word, that which you forgive is forgiven. John 20, 23. It says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. John 20. Verse, yeah, verse 23. 2023. Is that powerful? Yeah. Lord, we lose the sinner from his sin. We ask, yes, Holy Spirit, you would touch their hearts, soften their hearts. But we loosen them from their sin. That goes along with binding and loosening. So we have to have eyes to see. We loosen them from their sin. We also loosen the sick and the diseased. He took our infirmities and he bore our sickness. Matthew 8, 17. I want to read that John 20, starting in verse 19. Then the same day at evening began the first day of the week when the doors were shut and the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in the midst and he said to them, peace, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad. When they saw the Lord, wouldn't you be? Jesus said to them, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, so I also send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them. Man, I just gets me every time. He breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. The breath of God. Receive the Holy Spirit. Right after that, he says, if you forgive, the sins of any, they are forgiven them. But if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Right after he breathed the spirit of the living God, what is he doing? He is saying, I have given you all power and all authority to exercise that authority that I gave you. We're not separate. That's the problem. People feel like, well, here I am, and here's Jesus, and I serve him. But he lives in you. Amen. You're one. Amen. When you speak, it should be Jesus speaking. Amen. When you lay hands, it should be Jesus laying hands. Amen. If you're connected to him, intertwined with him, understanding that I move with him. Amen. When you forgive. So, Father, we forgive. We forgive those that have offended us. We forgive our children that are bound in sin. Some of them that are bound in sin, we forgive them. We release them from that 
hardness of heart. Now we take authority over that assignment that keeps them stubborn and, and, and idolatry and, and rebellion. We cast that out. We command it to go. And Father, I thank you for removing that heart of stone and giving them a heart of flesh. I thank you that the spirit of the living God breathes upon them in the name of Jesus. Transforming them in his image. Amen.